All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Wednesday, February 8th, the final day of the month. Whoa, wait, wait. It's a leap year, Frank. It's not the final day of February. Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live, streaming live on the DFO YouTube, where we are looking for your inbox questions. I see one come in from Tyler Mulek. He wants to ask us about Matt Rempe. We'll be asking Luke Gazdick about that a little bit later on in the players' room. This show, as always, brought to you by Patano. The game starts now at patano.ca. Frank, what's going on? So you mentioned the leap year. I got a great email yesterday, and it made me think. It was February 29th, one extra day to play golf this year. And I was like, oh, don't mind if I do. I have two. There In the last 72 hours, there's been like three feet of snow in Edmonton. So I hate you for saying that, Frank. I hate that. I yeah. am going to try and sneak in around on Sunday. It's supposed to be 63 degrees here, which would be like 14-ish Celsius. So. That's that's definitely decent enough to play. Yeah, I'd golf in that weather. Uh, we are also creeping closer and closer to trade deadline, which is a good chance for me to tell everybody we will be going live for four hours on deadline day. We are starting the show an hour early at 11 a.m. Eastern. We are running it right past the deadline up until 3 o'clock Eastern or later if there's still moves coming down. So make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube. You won't want to miss that. Myself, Frank Carter, Hutton, Colby Cohn. We got a whole cast with us for a four-hour deadline special, Frank. But before we get into the trade talk today, let's talk about what we saw last night. I want to do a little rapid-fire Tuesday recap with you because there were a lot of weird, wacky games in the NHL last night. Let's start with the Ottawa Senators and the Nashville Predators. Listen, I know Sens fans are holding on to hope. Maybe a little bit of a late-season run can push them back into the playoff mix. But for me, if you're going to go into a hockey game, down two goals into the third period and get outshot 19 to nothing in the third period. Like, look at that shot chart. That is a sign of a team who they just don't got it. 
I'm with you. I, I mean, for my money, there's been no team in the NHL, with all due respect to the Buffalo Sabres, that's been more disappointing than the Ottawa Senators. And it's a third period like last night. That's exactly the reason why. I know they're out of the playoff mix, but they had played a lot better the last number of weeks and looked like they were kind of maybe improving. When you get a, you can't register a single shot on goal in the third and you just ice away a game in Nashville, like what what are you doing? What's the point? Might as well have just left the game after the second period. Yeah, it was wildly embarrassing to watch for the Ottawa Senators, and it feels like whatever slim chances they had are quickly evaporating. On the other side of that spectrum is the Detroit Red Wings, who we've been talking about a lot over the last kind of 10 days on the show with Patrick Kane netting OT winners left, right, and center. But the Wings go out and pop home eight goals on the Washington Capitals. Frank, you look at this Red Wings team, the way their offense just keeps on humming along. They hold Washington to 21 shots. Is it time to start talking about this Wings team maybe as a team that could go deep or win, not go deep, win a playoff round if they make the right deadline ads? For sure. I think as constituted right now, they could win a playoff round. I don't think they need any extra help to do it, but I certainly think Steve Eiserman is going to be working the phones to try and be one of those teams that is in a position to add. They've got assets. They've got cap space. They're in a great spot right now, and that Kane addition as they get their sixth straight win as he rides this point streak that continues 38 30 points in 28 games now it's certainly impressive yeah it's been quite something eight goals for the red wings that offense has just been and unbelievable by the way the other side of that is that's a crushing blow for the caps i mean the math i know that they have games in hand but the math is still pretty daunting the flyers win again they're six points back with they have two games in hand over the Flyers. That's really the team that they're chasing. I mean, I guess you could add in the Lightning too, but it's the math, I think, starts to get fuzzy for a Caps team that has really been trying to make a push heading into this deadline so that Brian McClellan is not a seller at the deadline. But they've got some interesting pieces. Nick Dowd, I know some teams have called on Joel Edmondson. What about you know, long shot, but Charlie Lindgren and net, and then Max Pacioretty up front. Like they've got pieces to move. If they're not an authentic playoff team, I haven't considered the caps in that category all year long, but at least you could make an argument or a case that over the last 10 days, this is a team that's played better and was deserving of at least a look. I think the Capitals, let's throw the Penguins into that mix. You could throw the Islanders and Devils into the mix of teams who are probably looking, and whether it's foolish or not, we can discuss. They're probably looking at the Flyers and going, that's our team. If they can lose 8 of 10 and really start to slide at some point, we can catch them. The Flyers have played more games than everyone except for the Lightning in the Eastern Conference. But last night, the Flyers go into a third period. It's a tight, hard-fought game against the Bolts. And they go hang up five on Tampa Bay. And it's just, I can imagine there's frustration from fans of the Devils and Caps and all those teams I listed, Frank, when it's like, okay, Tampa Bay, take care of business in the third period. Steal a big two points for us. And Philly, as they've done it every turn this year, just keeps on surprising you. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and just a wild game in general with the building losing power in certain parts of it. The scoreboard was out. The broadcast lost power for a bit. It was... Kind of a wild scene in South Philly. The Flyers end up coming out on top. And, you know, we've talked for the last three months about how weird of a spot this team is in when it comes to the deadline. 
I don't think they've made any progress on Sean Walker and Nick Sealer extensions. I think that those guys have been asking for money that makes the Flyers feel a little bit uncomfortable. So I think they're probably pretty likely to get traded. But with those trades, what does that mean for their playoff standing? And can they hang on for dear life? I think mathematically, they're certainly in a position to do so. But we'll see how it impacts a team that is already missing Rasmus Ristolainen. And um, they're in a tough spot with their defensemen in general. Jamie Drysdale being out, you could see 4D from that team out of their lineup. That's that's interesting for the teams chasing them. Yeah, and especially like you said, with the players they have potentially on the market as well. There's our quick little Tuesday recap out east, Frank, in the Western Conference. The story off the ice continued to be Gary Bettman's visit to the peg. He heads north. And listen, there's been a ton of stories about attendance and season ticket holders and all of that. I found this first 30 seconds from Gary Bettman to be pretty interesting. Let's take a quick listen. This is a place, Winnipeg, where hockey matters. Uh, I believe that this is a strong NHL market. Uh, I believe that ownership has made extraordinary commitments uh, to the Jets, to this arena, to the downtown area, involving hundreds of millions of dollars. And I'm not sure why people are now speculating that somehow they're not going to be here. Frank, I'm sitting here and I also went and listened to his interview with John Liu on the TSN regional broadcast. And Bettman was like firing back at him, being like, why are you asking me about like why the fans are worried? Why are the fans worried? Why did this become a thing? And I'm like, Gary, it became a thing because you're going there and there's been a bunch of stories written about how bad it is. That's that's not why it's a thing. It's a thing because Mark Chipman, the Jets owner, came out and made it a thing. I mean, we all knew that the Jets' attendance situation this season was not ideal, definitely suboptimal in terms of running a business. They had kind of mentioned that earlier in the season, but when he comes out and says, if we don't get back to 13,000 season tickets sold, this is not sustainable, it just isn't. Those are direct quotes. Like No one's making those up. No one's fabricating them. No one is speculating here. So... Basically, I, I viewed Gary Bettman's trip to Winnipeg as more or less a fireman. He's he's putting out the fire here, um, it, you know, trying to at least tamp down this fire that the Jets themselves started here. If anything, it feels like insert foot into mouth. You've riled up your fan base, and I get that the idea was to cajole sales and and partnerships with corporate you know leaders. And that's part of the reason why Gary Bettman was there is because the Jets asked him to come in to help. But no one started this fire except for the Jets. And so they're the the club that has to own it here, whatever's come after. It's not anyone making this up. And that's the part that I think everyone's really gotten twisted. Yeah, and, and getting it twisted is a good way to put it there. On the ice for the Winnipeg Jets, you can't get it twisted. They just keep on humming. And one guy, or they're starting to get back to, to humming along in the West. And one guy who's found his footing in Winnipeg is Sean Monahan. If you remember back the first four games, he didn't get on the board. What's he done in the five games since then? Well, he's popped home six goals, including a hat trick about a week ago against Calgary. He scores again last night against St. Louis. And I saw you bumped it again on your Twitter. But where Monahan scored, that goal last night is exactly where our guy John Goins said he'd be scoring his goals from. Monahan is really starting to find his groove here with Winnipeg. 
And he's totally changed the Jets' power play. And for a team that struggles to score, that's hugely important. I mean, the numbers don't lie. In the 47 games that they played this season before Sean Monahan arrived, they were 24th in the league in power play at 15.7%. Since then, nine games played, 31% on the power play, fourth in the league. I mean, we talked about the bumper spot and how much that would mean to the Jets. The interesting part to me is watching Sean Monahan contribute now at even strength. Six goals, as you mentioned, in nine games. He's been a good fit. And I look at this team now, and if part of the one thing, I know that when you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs, you need defense, you need goaltending in order to win, but you also need to score. And that's been the one thing for me, I think, to hold the Jets out of my inner circle of five or seven teams that are true, authentic Stanley Cup contenders. They haven't been scoring enough. And so if they can get that power play moving in the right direction, if they can continue to score more at even strength when they seemingly finally get a healthy roster for the first time in what feels like forever, then I could potentially change my view. Right now, I think they're a strong team that could do damage, but can they actually go on and win the Cup scoring at just the clip that they're on this season? I think it's a little bit far-fetched. They traded their first-round pick for Monaghan, but they have a second-round pick from Montreal still at their disposal. Picks in rounds three through seven this year, and next year they're only missing their fourth-round pick. They have every other draft pick available. Think Kevin Sheveldayoff maybe adds more scoring potentially? Uh, I don't know about more scoring. I know that they're in the market for another defenseman. They've certainly mm -hmm. kept tabs on Chris Tanev. Um, I think they're one of the teams that's put that second-round pick on the table to get him. Don't know how aggressive they'll be. His brother was, of course, there, so they're familiar with the family. Could be a pretty decent fit, too, in terms of just beefing up what you're good at and then hoping that your stars take over when it matters most. And again, I just want to point out, that's Montreal's second rounder. So if you were to get into a situation where Calgary says, okay, all we're getting for offers is a bunch of second-round picks, and it's Edmonton's second and Dallas's second and late back-end seconds, Montreal's is going to be a little bit closer to actually being a first-round pick. Uh, let's. Yeah, let's keep the trade talk going here before we get to our big segment today. The Deadline Countdown article is up now at dailyfaceoff.com, and it's all about Pavel Buchnevich. Our boy Matt Larkin handled this one, Frank, and you look, those are damn good numbers. That's a guy who's going to be north of 30 goals this year since he joined the Blues. He's been right around a point-per-game player, and the interesting thing with Buchnevich, of course, he comes with term. One more year on the deal, but a $5.8 million dollar cap hit frank i talked yesterday about how you know maybe the blues could hold this guy his market's probably still going to be pretty strong in the summer but if they can get a couple premium assets for him i think that'd be good work for doug armstrong me too because i don't believe and this is why he's available a lot of teams believe that when push comes to shove and in, in giving buchnevich the next deal that the st louis blues aren't going to be the team that ponies up probably north of eight million bucks to get him signed. And that's a big leap for someone that's making 5.8. It's well-deserved. I mean, is there a more unheralded point per game player in the league? Like people would say Pavel Buchnevich point per game, St. Louis, since he's arrived there, 192 games played 190 points. I mean, does it get any closer than that? Um, he's been really good. This blues team is sniffing around the edges of a playoff spot. I personally don't like, do they have the talent as assembled to get in? Yes. Will they? I, I wouldn't put them in the driver's seat. And more than that, to cash in now 
for someone that could get Buchnevich at a value contract for two years at under six million bucks, two playoff runs, I should say. Why not? I mean, the the reported ask was two first round picks plus, and I understand why they would. But if you are, I don't know, to me, like one team that really stands out is Edmonton. And I know that, you know, we've talked about the idea of Jake Gensel pending unrestricted free agent might not be able to, you know, very unlikely to be able to re-sign him. Is Buchnevich just not another version of Gensel? Different player. But when you talk about filling out your top six, I mean, Ken Holland has shown a, a preference to paying guys, paying for guys that have term. It's going to be tough to squeeze him in this year and, and next year as well with the salary cap increase being chewed up by Connor Brown. But make decisions elsewhere in your lineup. If you need to move out Warren Fogle, if you need to move out Brett Kulak or whatever it might be, there has to be some way to make this work if you really see that that's a fit for this year and next. And you can always go back and rejig your salary cap when you get to the summer. But just to make it through this year, I mean... If you're talking about a difference maker and an impact player, we saw the impact that Barbashev going from St. Louis to Vegas had at the deadline last year. Buchnevich is plus plus of that. Yeah, like we've talked about how the Penguins want two AA plus assets for Gensel. And it's like, man, I think if you're Edmonton, you sit there and kind of gulp and go, we know he is going to walk in July. We have no hope in hell of re-signing that guy. If it's three good assets for Buchnevich, but you get that second year, cost certainty, all of that. I, I think the Oilers should obviously prefer to go after the guy with term, but that $5.8 million, I just, I, I have no idea how they could jig the math to make that thing I just, work. I just did season. it for you. But Frank, even if you go from Kulak to Broberg and your left side, you're saving two mil that you're not getting close to the 5.8, even with Fogel. their deadline cap space. Add Fogel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well, now you're sacrificing two pieces off the roster. You know, it's just, I, I think the cap hit will be a non-starter for them. I'd be surprised. Okay. I, I'm right. just, if if you are going to be aggressive and you're going to spend, 
and you look yeah. at the market and the way it's shaped up right now, that would be a guy I would spend on. Yeah, and, and I agree with you on that. For the, for the type of player, he would be a slam dunk fit. Uh, let's get to our big segment for the day. It's the Players Room with Luke Gazdick. Players Room is delivered by DoorDash. Our Canadian listeners, as always, can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. Dash that for the win with DoorDash. Luke Gazdick, the former NHLer, Sportsnet analyst, host of the Mitts Off podcast, joins us as he does every single Wednesday. And Luke, I wanted to get your take on something that went a little viral last night. And it was Nick Cousins doing, I think, what we can call Nick Cousins kind of stuff. Uh, He's quickly going to the top of that rat list around the NHL and he acts like he gets shot. And then he realizes there might be some fun to be had in the scrum and jumps right into there. As a former player, did this just drive you nuts to see Cousins flopping around and jumping back in? You watched me for three years, Ty. What do you think, buddy? Honestly, this guy is uh, an absolute nightmare. I give him credit. You knew you mentioned that word rat. Is he ever playing that role to perfection, to a T? Uh, he would drive me nuts and did drive me nuts. He was uh, he was in Philly when I was in the league, and uh, he always had a couple words for me. Man, they were a nightmare to play against. Between him and Konechny, Dale Weiss never shot up the whole game. Too, we'd go into uh, we'd go into Philly. They had Big J Rosehill my first year too. That building was a nightmare. Frank, I know you're a Philly guy. I'm starting to talk about Philly now, going back to this, but. It was just a tough team to play against just because Cousins would not stop the whole game. He liked to pick on guys like me on the fourth line, just kind of try to get in my ear, try to get me to take a penalty, draw one on me. Uh, But like I said, man, it's hard not to almost respect what he's doing because he plays that role to perfection. But yes, Ty, he would make me (laughs) very upset. The blood pressure would be through the roof. Look, he's carved out a pretty impressive career for himself. Like, looking back four or five years, there was a chance that his career was kind of teetering on the edge. He was traded for fifth round pick. He was traded for a fourth round pick. And he's now become a guy that people are talking about and he's still only 30 years old. So I don't know that everyone respects exactly how he does it, but I I certainly respect um, just being able to game up for that every night. It's not easy to um, to get in that mode and gear every single night for 82 games. So uh, certainly respect that, but want to ask you about another guy that, for whatever reason, has been polarizing on the interwebs of late because, you know, you've got the Snowflake crew saying, oh my God, CTE, like you can't fight three times in one week. But then I look at the other side of it and I go, this guy's trying to carve out a career for himself. He's trying to, it's not make a name for himself, but he's trying to earn a living. If this is how he wants to enter and do it, what's wrong with what? The Rempire State Building has done, Tyler. Yeah, man. Look at these Not numbers. Tyler, like Luke, 20 total time on ice, 32 pims. Luke, I'll now throw to you. What do you make of the start of this guy's career? Yeah, does he remind you of anyone else flying into the league at, at this pace? He um he he's on a tear right now. And listen, I I feel for this and I, I understand this situation and the intention. I did not expect how much blowback there was going to be on the negative side of this. I understand the health uh, risks involved with this and why people are kind of clamoring for that. I understand how I feel right now at age 34 after 176 fights um, and the risks that come with it, but that's what you sign up for. And 
this is not a sustainable thing. This is not what he's going to be doing. He's not going to be fighting every game. This is what you do when you enter the league and you want to carve out a little niche for yourself. When I got picked up on waivers by Edmonton, I got pulled over by Dallas Eakins, my first practice, morning skate. And he looked at me and said, you know, you have 30 days here basically to show us what you got. Uh, we can evaluate you and and see you know what we think we have in you as a player and i took that as a challenge and i went after everybody and anybody in my path i made a you know challenge to myself that i was going to do that and eventually what's going to happen is you know your my my goal at was them either telling me to get a place and that i've made the team or that i did that enough and nobody was going to want to do this after a while and both happened after a while, they just said, you know what, you're going to be here long term. And after call it a couple of weeks to a month, it was even getting more challenging for me to find fights because guys didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, so it's not a, it's not something he's going to carry long term, but he's trying to be there. You heard his interview with Emily Kaplan on Saturday on the bench, which I thought was awesome. He's smiling. He's talking about him having a blast here with my teammates. And this guy doesn't want to go back to Hartford. I was the same way. I played four years in the American League without a call up 275 games. I didn't want to go back there. So I understand his intention. I do wish he would maybe play a little more defense as big as he is with the, the reach that he has. You shouldn't be getting hit as hard as he is. There's a couple little things and tools and tricks you can do. And I hope someone's in his ear just for a little bit of that. But I don't mind the pace he's going. I, it's been it's been a treat to watch. It's been fun to talk about. Can you imagine, though, if he came in at six foot eight and not to say didn't answer the bell, but the next thing you'd be hearing is how soft he is if he's not taking these fights because everyone wants a piece. Everyone wants to make an example of someone that has that kind of frame. But I wanted to touch quickly on one thing that you said, you know, you know how you feel at age 34 after 176 fights. What is that on a daily basis? Sore. <laughs> I, uh, I had an alumni game this weekend. I do, I do a couple of those here and there, but listen, I've had four surgeries on my shoulders. I've had my one right shoulder reconstructed, uh, scars everywhere on my body. So things hurt. Uh, life, uh, is isn't as normal for me as a 34 year old as it is for probably other 34 year olds and i've had my challenges and i've had my um you know my time to take you know a, with my time here away from the game and uh to pursue you know getting better and getting healthy but it took a toll on me mentally and physically up top and on my body it was it was not an easy career path uh to carve out it was a hard way to earn an easy living as they say yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's talk a little bit of hockey here, Luke, and move off that. And you, last night you were working on the broadcast for the Penguins and Canucks, and it was a big OT win for the Pens as you watch that game. Do you believe in this Penguins team at all? Is there reason for Penguins fans to think they can piece something together down the stretch here? I'd love to come on here and say that I believe in them and be backed in their corner. I just... We're 50-something games in the season now. I just feel like we know what teams are, and we're starting to see kind of what this team is. They're a little slower. Their power play has really hurt them this year. One for five again last night. I know they scored one, but they gave up a shorty. Um, it's a veteran club, though, and you put a bunch of desperate veterans together down the stretch here, dog days in, in March, and I, I do expect them to put up a good fight. It looks like it's going to end up being probably – Five in the Atlantic, three in the Metro, maybe. So they got to be catching. They got to be looking to catch Philly. 
Uh, it's going to be tough for them, but if anyone wants to see them, it's me. I, I just, with the way Sid's playing, it's, it's another season where they can't be missing the playoffs, but it's getting tougher and tougher for me to go on TV and to do hits like this and uh, be really supportive of them just because I think we're enough into the season now that they haven't really shown enough for me to believe in the Pittsburgh Penguins. We only got about 60 seconds left, but I know you really wanted to talk about Connor McDavid a little bit. He scoops up another 90-point season. It's his eighth straight year. I know you're a guy who was close with Connor when he came into the league, right? Um, when you look at this kind of leaderboard here, Gretzky, Bossy, McDavid, Curry, Howard, Jack, Dion, uh, just give me a comment on how it feels to see Connor McDavid again after you were right there when he began his career. See him on a list with legends like that, Luke. Yeah, it's impressive. And I'm glad that Frank tweeted that and added the shortened season just to show how impressive it is what he's doing. But, you, you know, I, I just I go back to my first year in the league, his first year in the league when when he came and lived with us. And it, it's just really cool for me to sit back and see. I got to see him score his first goal, his first point in Dallas. And, and now here we are eight years later. It's just really cool to kind of take a you know, an external view from from my side and, and watch the career that he's carved out. I think he probably ends up winning the art Ross this year. He's just on that trajectory. Again, he's a man on a mission, but just from, you know, an ex teammate and a friend perspective, it it's really cool to watch the career that, that, that he's uh, putting in front of us. Luke, fantastic stuff as always, man. We covered a ton of ground. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, guys. See you next week. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. It's brought to you by Tourism Jasper. Spring cabins are available to book now, so wherever you are, it doesn't feel like spring quite yet in Alberta, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Jasper.travel for more information. Frank, heading over to the inbox. We got a question earlier about Matt Dumba and his availability in Arizona. Obviously, the Yotes, every one of their defensemen either a pending UFA or a pending RFA. Is Dumba, could he be available? And maybe what else could the Yotes get up to ahead of the deadline? readily available the yotes are dumping all of their pending ufas matt dumba jason zucker if you really want to squint and go after a josh brown whatever gets you excited it's available in the desert they are not keeping any of their ufas what about the rfas sean dersey nope ah all right no chance had to fire that one out there. Uh, let's move along to our daily bets for the day. Brought to you by Botano. Nailed that Detroit Red Wings puck line yesterday. That one felt nice, Frank. I uh, got a couple of more straight plays for you here on a Wednesday evening. Just two games in the NHL. We'll start with St. Louis and Edmonton. Edmonton only combined for six goals in their last game against the Kings. The Blues played last night in Winnipeg. So that's a bit of a travel overnight to get to Edmonton. I like the over in this hockey game between the two sides. Edmonton's offense has been humming as of late, even in the games they lose. The Rangers on the puck line, Frank, they just lost to this Columbus team. They are not letting it happen again. I think they're going to come out fired up after the Blue Jackets ended their winning streak over the weekend. So the Rangers have had some days off here as well to regroup. Columbus 9 and 19 straight up on the road. They're a garbage road team. So I like Columbus to lose by two or more to the New York Rangers tonight at MSG. Those are your daily bets for our friends at Batano, which brings us to the Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor game, Frank. Yes, we're both still alive. I don't think this has ever happened. I went with uh Kevin Fiala to get 
an assist and I didn't turn on the flames Kings game until the third period. And I saw that he scored, but then I was like, is this guy really going to score a goal and not get an assist? But he had one earlier in the game that I just missed. And I was like, yes, I'm still alive. So I've actually already made my pick for Thursday's games. Today's a dark night in the uh, Wendy's daily Faceoff survivor pool, but I'm going with Charlie coil over so just to get a point, over a half a point, and uh, Charlie Coyle, I went and did the math. He is—he has a point in 60% of the Bruins games this season, 36 out of 60. And I did the math on what a Winnipeg win would be over Dallas. Winnipeg is the favorite according to analytical models, but I'm seeing them at 51%. So I'm going to go with the 60% ride in Charlie Coyle, and hopefully he could deliver me to Friday or later in the week, which would give me my first crack at a complete week in the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor game. I, I think I need a day to think about it, but Joel Eriksson-Eck hasn't scored in four straight. I'm kind of leaning towards that under. Eriksson-Eck did not score tomorrow, but he's got 28 goals on the air. It's tough to do that. Uh, I'll maybe give my pick tomorrow. Uh, garbage time, Frank, what do you got? Uh, garbage time wanted to give some love to Sidney Crosby. I know people were fired up a few weeks ago when I was wondering why Sidney Crosby didn't receive criticism related to all-star weekend, but look at these numbers, just the ninth player in NHL history to hit 1000 even strength points. I mean, just a thousand points total, unbelievable, a thousand even strength points. And the fact that he's the fourth fastest player in the league to do it. You see, it took Ron Francis, one of the leading scorers of all time, 1,603 games to get to 1,000 even strength points. I mean, it's a bananas number, a bananas stat. And I can't say enough good things about Sidney Crosby and what he's done this season to just try and lift this Penguins team into the playoffs. I'm with Luke Gazdick. I think they're going to ultimately fall short, but what he's doing at his age, um, nothing short of very special. And I think that's the really tough part for the Pens is having to potentially cut some of the legs off of their chances by trading a Jake Gensel, which I think is pretty likely. It's hard to probably look Sidney Crosby in the eye and say, you've played unbelievable this season, but we've got to do something different. Again, it's got to be frustrating for Crosby, too, to sit there and go, man, I've played unbelievable, and it still isn't enough to get us into a playoff spot right now. But Sid at a 1,000 even strength points, if it wasn't for the lockout and concussions and shortened seasons, along with Ovi chasing the goal record, we'd be talking about Crosby looking to become the second player ever to hit 2,000 points potentially it's a damn shame we won't get that kind of a race for number 87 uh that is the wrap on today's edition of the show big shout out to luke gazdick as always for swinging by tomorrow we're going in on some more trade talk with a new edition of icebreakers we can look forward to that everyone in the youtube you are fantastic we'll chat with you again tomorrow noon eastern thanks for tuning in to daily face off live make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.